The night has grown chilly, not unbearable, but the women huddle closer together. The elder calls out in a loud voice and cracks split the air. Suddenly a fire is kindled to life in the center of the circle. The flames warm the women around it and their faces brighten. The comfort of the fire will keep them warm and awake as they learn more from the sisters around them. The night is not yet done. Again, the elder lets her voice out into the circle. High Priestess, you are perhaps most wise among us. You have lived not only your lifetime, but have seen into the future and the past. Your mind is a bowl, ever filling and spilling over. Much can be learned from you, from your life and your visions. In all that you have seen, what lesson can you share with us? What insight might we glean from your own mastery and discovery? I am the High Priestess. I have guided kings, warriors, and peasants. Some fear my knowledge while others crave it. My light has been sought after, sometimes for good, and sometimes only to be controlled. When the shadow is present, my knowledge is abused or worse, feared, and I am pursued in order to be silenced. They would shut my mouth and keep truth from the world. If I am controlled for too long, these lies, these misconceptions can seep into my heart and hide my own nature from me. I become afraid of speaking out, of being vulnerable and of guiding others. But I do not need to stay in the shadows. I can reclaim my power no matter how much time has gone by. Listen to the lesson I learned early on in the tale the House of Sight. Across the sea there was a fair city, built in white and gold. Its inhabitants were wealthy and proud, but the jewel that decorated the city, boasted and toasted to, was the house set on the highest hill. It was the House of Sight, and inside it was kept visions of the future, things mortals could not comprehend. These visions could not be crafted by any human hand, but were the work of thousands of spiders, who lived inside the walls of this sacred place. But while the spiders were the spinners of the future, and the sight, they could not record the visions directly themselves. And there must be an account of what was to come. So inside the high walls of the House of Sight was a single human girl. She alone knew the shape of things to come, having been granted the ability to witness the visions. A mortal mind would not be able to bear the weight of this, but the spiders had spun layer upon layer of protective webs inside the girl's mind to keep her safe. The layers acted as a buffer between her and insanity. Should the protection be removed or become torn, she would risk madness. The way the visions were received to then be transcribed was the same, but different each time. The spiders would meticulously weave their sight into a small web, the threads catching the future with each pull. Then the spider would carry the intricate web to a specific location one where the girl would pass by. The tiny threads held the great power of the future, and then the spider would plant the web where the girl would have to push against it. Almost every morning, there was a vision waiting for the girl in her morning tea. A spider would have woven a web across the top of her cup, and when she poured in the hot water, it dissolved the threads. When she took her first sip, the vision spilled into her open mouth, and she saw waves of light. Her eyes went distant, unseeing, but her mind would recall it all, and later she would visit the library to write down the visions of the day, the future unspooling beneath her ink-smeared fingers. Now the place the vision was received carried a certain type of importance. Sometimes it was in the teacup, other times nestled in the spout of the kettle. 
Once a month, the girl would go to draw a bath and find a spider had woven a web across the lip of the tub. She would fill the bath just so full and then allow her body to sink down into the net, the lines of the future flitting across her closed eyelids. When the vision was done, she would wash her hair of any remaining threads and then dry herself. She would have to wait until the next day to truly take a bath. Sometimes at the end of the day, when sleep beckoned the girl, she would approach her bed to find that her pillow was decorated with a transparent web, the burden of the future waiting for her head. She would pull back the sheet and slip beneath, then calmly lie down and let the vision take her. These visions were the most difficult, for she would already have recorded all the visions from the day in the library before retiring for the night. So this vision would have to be remembered until the morning. And some mornings when she woke, she found her fingers had been spun together, a thin web waiting for her first movement to break them and harvest the future for her. These morning visions were the most jarring, as she was not yet fully awake, and the dreamlike state was hard to recover from for the rest of the day. But no matter where the girl went, the visions followed her. There was no place the spiders could not find her. It was her duty to record and bear witness, but sometimes it was quite tiring. She would enter the kitchen and pick up a knife to cut her afternoon bread. But as soon as her fingers grasped the handle, the web hidden there would unravel and fill her mind with images. Often the spiders would spin their webs across doorways, head high, and as the girl walked through to another room, the web would wrap around her face, drawing forth a vision. But the girl was used to this and did not rebel, but let the visions take her. She was proud to bear witness to things no other could see. She alone knew the future, though it was a secret she could not share. She was used to slipping on her shoes and having visions take her, the web woven across the top waiting for her foot to break it. She was not surprised when she put on a winter coat, and pulling her hands through the sleeve, a web had caught in the cuff and unraveled against her. Day after day, the girl acted as the vessel that caught the spider's sight. The library was filled with books upon books, each vision carefully recorded by her predecessors. For the House of Sight was nearly as old as time itself. There had always been a keeper, someone to write down the things the cognizant spiders saw. There was little interaction between the girl and the spiders, other than the occasional direct deliverance. This was rare and came only when something in the future had changed radically, and the record must be made immediately. The few times this had happened, the girl had been sitting eating her breakfast when an agitated spider scrambled up the table and nimbly crawled up her arm. The girl knew to hold still when approached, for it could only mean an urgent vision. But her resolve was tried when the spider touched her face and perched on the tip of her nose, beginning to weave threads back and forth between her eyes. The girl knew this was an imminent message as it was being spun so close to her eyes so that no time was wasted in the vision being transferred. So the girl held her breath while the spider finished spinning its threads. When the last web was in place, the girl closed her eyes and her eyelashes broke through the fragile threads and delivered their message behind her eyes. The girl was kept numb to the emotions of the future by the webs anchored deep in her mind, the ones that kept her from madness. And so the future, no matter the outcome, never moved her. She was neither disturbed nor overjoyed. And this was also to ensure that no recorder was ever tempted to tamper with the future. For none of them, not the girl and not the spiders, was there to judge or to control time. They were simply the eyes that saw and the hands that wrote. They had to be impartial, otherwise the house of sight would fall. And so the webs in the girl's mind kept her sanity, and kept the house in future safe. The girl was never allowed to leave the house on the hill, 
for her own safety, as some might try to steal or harm her to learn the secrets of the future. But it was also one more added measure of protection for the house. If the girl never interacted with anyone, she would not have any interest in controlling the future. Disconnected, she would not have a reason to care if famine came and killed the peasants. She would have no remorse for a war that would last for a decade. And she would not know how to care who lived and who died. So the spiders kept her inside. But it was easy, for the girl was not even aware of a world outside of her walls. She only knew the worlds that lay inside the visions the spiders shared with her, and the only books she knew were the ones that she created. But just as the library held the visions of the future, so too had the visions of the past now turned into history books. And one day the girl read one of these. She had selected a book from the shelf that should have been empty, and fit for a new recording of tomorrow's future. But it was not empty, and when her eyes landed on the page, she did not stop reading. And so in this way, she learned of all the things that had come before. The spiders were not pleased, mostly because she sat so long in that one chair in the study that she was not picking up the vision webs that they had strewn throughout the castle. Normally they could tell where the girl would travel throughout the day. She was fairly predictable, and they were naturally talented in this way. But something had changed, slipped through their silken strands. But the dinner ball broke the girl's concentration, and the spiders were pleased to see that she drifted through all the visions that needed to be seen, if it was a bit late in the day. She ate dinner and returned to the library as the spiders expected, so that she could record the future that she had seen in the webs. She was not distracted and did her job thoroughly. But when she had closed the book of her recordings, she did not rise. Instead, she pulled another book, one also already filled, and began to read the next decade of the past. And so the girl learned about all that had happened before, and her heart was a bit sad. There seemed to be much more suffering and loss than she had known. Seen day to day, it had not seemed so large. But to see page after page, book after book, gave her new perspective. But she also knew that there was nothing she could do. The future could not be changed. It happened regardless of one's wishes, and she was just the keeper who wrote the records down. So she slid the books back on their shelf, her fingers trailing dust. That night, when the girl approached her bed, there was a vision waiting stretched across her pillow. This was not unusual, but the girl felt a strange feeling in her chest. She had never been apprehensive before. She ignored the ceiling and tucked herself into bed and let her head break through the web. The spiders had seen the girl's curiosity wake, and had nervously watched as she turned page after page. She seemed to have returned to normal now, but they still thought to add some extra precaution. And so it was not a true vision they had spun across her pillow, but another mind web. And as soon as her head touched it, it flowed deep inside her mind, wrapping around her thoughts and filtering out what had been gleaned that evening in the library. She would still have her memories, but they placed a layer of fog between them and her sight. She would not be able to access them in a concrete way. If she was to reach out for them, it would be like water slipping through her fingers, silken strands taken by the wind. And so for years, the girl continued to bear witness to the future and record the spider's sight. She did not read any more books in the library and barely remembered that day so long ago. She grew up and became a woman, but only in body, for her mind was still held back by the webs anchored deep inside. She had no knowledge of the outside world which would have allowed her to grow. But though the woman had remained the same, the world outside had not. The war had not ended, but had stretched on and on. Many thousands had died and the countryside was heartbroken. Mothers grieved for their sons and husbands. Daughters wondered who would provide for them. 
and eyes began to turn to the house on the hill, the house of sight that knew everything before it could come to pass. If they could get just a glimpse of the battle plans of the enemy, they could win. Right there before them was the answer. They just had to reach out and take it. Now, this was not the first time outsiders had tried to storm the house of sight, and ramifications had been built into its walls. It was nigh impenetrable, save for one little entrance in the kitchen. The woman's food had to be delivered somehow. And while the spiders were always diligent, the war had gone on for so long they had lost perspective on it and its tragedy. They also relied heavily on their visions of the future to alert them should anyone try their door. But this faction of rebels was smart and cunning. They constructed a plan they knew would change last minute. They did not think of what the alternative plan would be, for then the spiders would see it. They only focused their hearts and minds on destroying the enemy. And so when they flipped the switch and rushed unplanned at the castle kitchen, the spiders had only a few moments to grasp the change in the future. Already it was too late, spooling out of their dexterous hands. They rushed to find the woman to give her the vision and perhaps enlist her help in preventing the outsiders from entering. But the woman had had her own vision the night before. A single spider had dreamed a future that his brothers did not see, or did not have access to. He saw the hope of a single flame, one that could easily be snuffed out. And while his brothers only saw what would be, he saw what could be. And so he had woven a transparent web onto the woman's fingers as she slept. And her slight movement had triggered the sight, not of what was to come, but of what could be. And so when the rebels burst through the door, they found the girl covered in frantic spiders, weaving as fast as they could. But her motions kept tearing their threads so that nothing could be built. She had waited patiently for them. A young warrior approached the woman. She removed her hat and her long red hair fell out as she bowed her head to the woman. No one had seen the holy recorder and they knew they transgressed greatly by being there. But the woman welcomed them, though the spiders circled around them angrily. They could do no harm, but fear filled their small bellies. The thing they had dreaded most and their ancestors' ancestors had tried to prevent was happening right before them. It spelled the end of the way. The woman led the rebels to a small room further into the castle. It was not inside the library, but close. The woman told them she knew what they sought, a way to end the war. But to look inside the library with their own eyes, to see the knowledge in the future would be the end of them. For their own protection, they must not enter the room. There lay only madness. They would have to trust her. Again, they bowed their heads to her. If she spoke that they should not enter, then they would not but surely she who had written everything down would be able to tell them what lay in that guarded room. But what did the woman know? She only saw the visions and recorded them. She did not see or understand them. She was a vessel filled up, emptied, then filled again. She retained nothing so that she was clean for the next vision. And the visions that the spiders gave her did not unspool with logic and sense, but the workings of the great universe. A human mind could not understand them, which is why hers had been protected with webs. At this admittance, the red-haired woman slowly reached for her sleeve. She warned the woman she had something she wanted to show her, but she did not know how long or how far the ramifications would stretch if she did. Would the recorder take the risk? The recorder had never experienced any risk in her life, so she did not understand the gravity of what was asked. The spiders did, however, and they rushed at her to cover her eyes but the red-haired woman bared her wrist at the recorder's nod. 
Under her sleeve was an inky tattoo, and it burned itself into the woman's mind. It ripped and tore at the webs that the spiders had protected and bound her with. Layer after layer was ripped away, the visions of the future she had gleaned sunk deeper and deeper into her. Years upon years swarmed her, overwhelmed her, and with the sigil on the woman's arm did not break, the weight of the future tore itself. The recorder cried out as her sanity fled, and madness swept in. Her mind was breaking without the safety webbing to keep it at bay. The outsiders watched in horror, the tattoo hidden away again, but the effect did not cease. They did not know what to do as hundreds and hundreds of spiders rushed to cover the woman. They came from every corner of the castle, young and old. They had to save their recorder. The youngest spiders were lost in the mob, but the elder spiders cried out for them to listen. They had to weave a new web, one that darted into the corners of the woman's mind, unlike the old web that separated the two halves. They needed to weave a web that held them all together, the woman's mind and the knowledge of the future. There was no way to separate them now. They would have to build them a home, wrap them in fortified webs surrounding them, a circle of structure. They could not keep information from the woman any longer. It was too late for that. It had melded completely with her. But time was running out. They had a small window to maintain and return the woman's sanity to her. And so the youngest spiders took to spinning the yards and yards of raw thread that would hold the woman together. And the elder spiders, some who had nearly given up spinning since their legs ached and their backs were gray, took up the silk again. Only they had the knowledge to spin a web of the present, most only knowing webs of the future. And so they granted the girl a gift none had ever had. And this time when the woman opened her eyes, she was grown. Her mind expanded instantly in a horrible moment, but as she raised her head, the wisdom of so much knowledge filled her. She looked lovingly on the white spiders that blanketed her. They had saved her. She rose, careful not to crush any of them, and turned to the outsiders. Did you come here to destroy me? she asked. No, the warrior replied. They said the tattoo would wake you, not kill you. Indeed, I have woken, the woman replied. Go, she said. You will find the enemy to the east. Approach before dawn on horseback with fire and spears. Drive them from their tents and fool them. They will meet their doom on the cliffs. This I have seen. With hope in their hearts, the warriors bowed and left. The woman, still wearing a white gown of tiny spiders, made her way down the many stairs and reached out to unlock the giant wooden doors. The young spiders began to protest, but the elder ones shushed them. The visions coming to them made some of them tremble, but they stilled their limbs. They would deliver the future in due time, but first they needed to watch the present come true. And the woman pushed open the doors that had been shut for hundreds of years, and she looked upon the world before her.